Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us right now on the Bidin Skin Show is the skipper of the Texas Rangers, Chris Woodward. How are you doing today, Woody? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing? And we're doing really well. Thank you. And I uh, want to dive right in here. We uh, we talked to JD the other day and we were kind of talking about, hey, we're all armchair GMs and isn't that a fun part of the game? And uh, we'd just love to get your thoughts to weigh in on something. Let's say that your ball club next year could could bring on one just elite rock star player, just a super badass. Would you? Would it be better if that player was a starting pitcher or if that player was an everyday position player? And granted, they're both great. Not not saying one's not great, but which one would have the more the the greater impact, the everyday player or the starting pitcher? Um, I've been asked this question quite a bit lately. Um, I do. I truly believe, like the the position player, just from the standpoint of you know the, the number of games he impacts. Now, listen, if you got you know you compare um, the guy we faced last night <laughs> to you know Mike Trout, um, you know you look at the overall value. Okay, one guy's going to pitch you, you know, 35 starts hopefully and and be dominant like you know Verlander has been. And then you look at Trout, what he does on an everyday basis. I, I mean, it's. You can debate it forever, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of biased to the uh, to the to the more games that they impact from a position player standpoint. You just see the the production on a daily basis, especially if you get a really elite, you know, middle of the bat lineup. Um, it's just it's it's so hard to replace that. You can, I mean, that's something that uh, you can see the significance of having a, a Mike Trout in the lineup every day. And obviously, you can have a Mike Trout, and it's great. But if you don't have any pitching, you're screwed. This is the the quandary of the game. But looking at uh, last night's game, for example, Verlander's been incredible for years. He's been incredible this year. Pretty good battle early on, right? Lynn, you know, kept you guys in the game for a long time. And Lynn and Miner have both been really good this season for you guys. They're both under contract for next season. Does looking at what they do or what they have done this season and trying to translate moving forward, how does that impact the way you guys plan on finishing out your, your pitching staff next year? Is it go acquire more guys or is it try to grow from within? Um, well, that's that, I guess that kind of pieces next to the, uh, the question you just asked me. So when I, when I know we have two guys already in, in Lynn and minor, you know, that's why I'm a little more hesitant to, I mean, it, listen, if you have three, now you got dominant, a trio of, uh, you know, potential postseason where, I mean, you can wipe out the league. Um, but I, I think from a pitching standpoint, obviously, you know, those two guys, you know, headlining our, our rotation are huge. Um, we have a bunch of younger arms coming. I, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, the front office is going to try to go out and acquire somebody maybe for the third spot or even the third and fourth spot, depending on, you know, who's available and who we go after. But, uh, you know, the, the young arms that we have now, um, I'm pretty optimistic about the, the depth that we're going to have next year. Uh, some of those guys are actually going to have to obviously pitch for us and, and, and play roles for us, you know, as, as the four or five starters next year. Um, but I, I just, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, depth, depth is huge. And um, in this game, you know, you pretty much have to have nine or 10 starting pitchers, you know, quality starting pitchers to be able to withstand an entire season. So, you know, 
fact that we have these young guys here and, and they're showing what they can do. And you know, next year, if we, if we need to fill one or two spots, you know, we can choose some of these guys that are pitching well instead of just choosing one um, or basically having no choice. And we just got to go with this guy because he's on the roster or, or something like that. You know, we actually have an, a few viable options that are, you know, like I said, we can choose who's actually pitching well at the time. Um, that'll be huge for us next year. So obviously you're about to wrap up your, your first year uh, as a manager in, in Major League Baseball. You're a baseball lifer, though. But in terms of w- things that you've gone through this year, things you've learned, things you've experienced, um, what has been the biggest challenge for you as a first-year manager? Um, I think the challenge is always going to be, you know, I'm a huge culture guy, so uh, the, the the biggest challenge is, is, is maintaining that culture and keeping that, you know, that positive belief. Um, that's always the biggest challenge, but that's something that I take a lot of pride in, that our staff takes a lot of pride in, and I think we've done a really good job of that. Um, but I think moving forward, the hardest thing is to maintain that. Um, the culture's always changing. You know, you bring in one new face and it changes everything. Um, so it's just it's just constantly evolving. And, you know, the one thing I stress to our players all the time is just, you know, we got to keep moving forward. Um, and culture's a big part of that. You know, we keep growing and we keep bonding with one another. Um, we keep gaining trust and belief with one another. That's how, you know, really special kind of cultures are created and cultivated. And, uh, it takes a lot of work. Um, you can either choose to ignore it and just say, okay, just put the best players on the field. Or you can choose, like I said, to, to really dig in and, and try to learn and grow with one another. And um, I think that's probably the, that's always going to be the biggest challenge just because I take so much pride in doing it. Did it become more difficult this year as you guys weren't winning at the same rate as you were earlier? Um, I don't think so. Honestly, I, 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 you know, I, I try to get our players to understand that those are the times when you need to be the best um, from a culture standpoint. You know, the winning obviously creates this positive attitude and belief and um, things are going well and it's easy to, to address certain things. It is a little bit tougher to have conversations when guys aren't doing as well um, or when the team is not doing well. But but I, I want our guys to kind of embrace that and say, you know, this is going to happen. These moments are going to happen. Um, the quicker we can kind of come together as opposed to tear apart um, in those moments, the, the less the, the struggle will be. And I think that that's a, that's a, that's a huge message to send individually but also collectively, you know, in a group setting that uh, we can overcome any obstacle. You know, we've all been through a lot in this game. I've been through a ton. And, you know, just because a little bit of adversity hits us doesn't mean we have to kind of fold. And really proud of our guys because we've, we've maintained through, throughout. And I know that we had a little rough stretch in the second half of the season, but the growth never stopped. The learning never stopped. And there's almost been more growth than learning, uh, honestly, recently, which is, which is a testament to the character in our clubhouse because, these guys aren't quitting, man. We're, we're running through the finish line, and I'm really proud of that. So you look like a guy who's either got a great metabolism or an awesome diet, or maybe both, but uh, today is National Cheeseburger Day. Mm. And so I'd like to know, you go to a place that serves great cheeseburgers, what is your cheeseburger strategy? How are you ordering it? What are you going for? <laughs> um, I'm pretty plain when it comes to cheeseburger. Uh, I don't really do the bacon thing. I, you know, I tend to just go, you know, Cheese and cheese and burger with uh, maybe a little lettuce, tomato. Um, maybe mix a little mayonnaise and uh, ketchup together. Oh, special sauce, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty plain when it comes to that. I don't really like the. Uh, I don't go too heavy. I don't want to go. Uh, I don't want the uh, heart attack on a plate kind of cheeseburger. I kind of go with the uh, just the regular one. I don't know why you're not working pickles in there, Woody. Yeah, I'm not. 
I usually take the pickles off and eat them separately. I love oh. pickles, but I, I just eat them on their own. I don't really like them on the cheeseburger. I think pickles go well with mustard, but if you're a mayo guy, you may want the pickles on the side. I think yeah. a pickle-mustard combo is a good thing, but if you're uh, not down with mustard. I think rust, mustard ruins the sandwich. Pickles are. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm not a big mustard. Yeah, pickles are welcome. And by the way, Chick-fil-A has pickles on their chicken sandwiches. Everybody loves Chick-fil-A sandwiches. How are you approaching pickles on a Chick-fil-A sandwich? Like I said, I take them off and eat them. Oh, okay. And wow. At all times. So that's just an yeah. overall sandwich strategy for you. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you consider burgers sandwiches? No. They're burgers. Where do tacos work into this mix? Tacos are number one. <laughs> tacos. Right. I can have I can have tacos every night. I could too. Do you uh and, and you're you're from California. There's some, you know, you've got the uh Baja taco style is a little bit different. And here we got the Tex Mex taco style. Street tacos are rising. Are you good with any and all tacos or do you have taco rankings? Um no, I'm pretty much good with any kind of taco. Depending I mean, like I said, I can have a different kind of taco every every day. So uh, for lunch and dinner. So I'm I'm not real picky with the tacos, but uh you know, I think if I had my choice it's you know, we, we, we cook turkey tacos at home. Where we get the you know, little healthier tur- turkey meat instead of the, mm-hmm. the beef. Um, the kids love that. So we usually do that at least once a week at home. So uh, that uh, I've always wondered about your schedule. Just seems insane. It just seems busy. All for all ball players, managers, everybody who does that. And you're on the road so much. How do you eat healthy on the road? Uh, the good thing is our team kind of looks after the you know what, what we eat um, in the clubhouse. So anytime we're in the clubhouse, it's usually pretty healthy food. I mean, you got to be committed to it. Honestly, I, I don't. I don't say you know, the healthiest on the on the planet, but I, I try to obviously, you know, especially getting a little older, try to make sure I understand what I'm putting in my body and, and how it affects it. Um, I need my brain to be good now, not so much my body, but obviously what you put in your body, you know, affects your your brain capacity and, and your ability to uh, make critical decisions. So um, obviously, that's a big part of what I do. Does it ever trouble you if you're walking by a power hitter and he's eating a hot dog wrapped in a Twinkie? Do you ever feel the need to go, hold on a second? Um, we don't see that as much anymore. I think back when I uh, when I first got called up, uh, this is back in 99, every major league clubhouse was like a 7-Eleven. I mean, there was Twinkies, there was nachos, there was hot dogs, big dogs, everything you can imagine. It was just, I mean, candy, like full candy, you know, sweet tart, Snickers, everything. It, it was literally like a 7-Eleven. And I just remember going home with like a, a bag full of basically candy. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I got to stop doing this. <laughs> Can't be good for me. <laughs> All right. So as you wrap up your first season and get ready to, uh, you know, refresh your batteries a little bit and enjoy the off season and then get back to work. I imagine your off season won't be long at all. What would you do differently? What changes might you make based on things you've learned this year as you approach year two? Um, I don't know if I'd do anything differently from year one. I think there's a lot of things we want to enhance year two, and I think that's probably more important. I think this year was a good year for, you know, we established, you know, I established and our staff established kind of expectations and the way we're going to do things. And, you know, the players obviously are, are what it's all about. So, you know, we need them to understand that, you know, we're there for them. We have to gain their trust, um, show them that we care, that it's all about, you know, th- th- them being better. And I think we've laid that foundation pretty well, um, withstood some, you know, like I said, some difficulties, some good times, some bad times. And um, I think we're really primed to kind of take it to the next level. Um, I'll never stop, obviously, trying to, to get these guys to improve and to help them create that you know, championship mentality 
And I think every player in here wants that. Um, but it's just a matter of, you know, getting to the next step and the next level every, every day of every, every, you know, of the season. And I think next year we are really primed to kind of take things a, a step further. Um, and our, I think our players are really ready for that because it's the mental, you know, things that they've learned this year and they've had to kind of endure um, have really set us up well for next year. Awesome. Great to hear. We always love our visits with you. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Thank right, you. There he goes, Chris hey, Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.